Welcome to another edition of Backyard Racing Nation. We want to thank our sponsors, Bill and I. We definitely want to reach out and thank our sponsors to Richmar Florist and Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Timeshare Relief Association here in Orlando, Florida. Bill, we got a nice little podcast today on store. We got Maine native Austin Therian. I think I pronounced his the, name right. <laughs> Theorol, something like that. I I don't want to butcher it too bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I butcher <laughs> butcher enough. But uh, you know, last night we're just doing a quick recap. Last night we had our special announcement podcast with the guys from Pro uh, on Racing Online uh, PS4 gaming system guys, and that was a huge announcement. And that was so much fun to do. I mean, that's going to benefit both parties involved, us and them. And I'm really looking forward to uh, watching some more of their racing this coming Sunday. Definitely, I can't argue that one bit. Uh, oh, now, uh, you know what? What? What new stuff are we going to learn about Austin that a lot of us don't know? You know, there. I've got some notes as always, but a lot of people do not realize that. Um, He's finished like he's finished third in the uh, snowball derby, and, and there's a lot of accomplishments for this young man, and a lot more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, I definitely agree with that. We're just waiting for Austin to dial in. Uh, <laughs> busy man, he's taking a lot of time out of his schedule for us, and we appreciate that. Just waiting for him to come on in, and we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Scott, who you, who you got this weekend? Who who you got this race tomorrow with Jeff Gordon racing? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, you know, I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go with Garrett Smithley. You know, I, I don't want to take too much flack for it from all those big time team lovers, but, uh, you know, <laughs> Garrett Smithley is going to put it down. That's I hear my, that. That's my pick for the pro invitational tomorrow. I hear that. And it looks like Austin has now joined us. Welcome, Austin. I'm here. How's it going? Good. How are you, Austin? Thank you very much for joining us. Austin, we were just talking a little bit about the Pro Invitational tomorrow. Who's your pick? <laughs> well, um, I would say that probably most improved would go to Keslowski. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's a toss up. That that track that track is so conducive to not knowing and not being able to make any predictions. So I'm going to go with the caution flag is going to be the winner. <laughs> that's a good one that, that's a good pick right there <laughs> that's a good the base truck or base car <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> austin uh thank you very much for coming on and uh you know we have a lot of questions for you but first austin what made you want to be a race car driver well guys i think uh, a lot of it has to do with how competitive racing can get and for for some people um competition as a driver the other thing that's really important to me and i feel like where i've excelled is um in racing it's about getting better and always working on going faster so whether it's the car or whether it's you as a driver trying to figure out how am i going to pick up a half a tenth of a second uh or a hundredth of a second and see those little bits all add up and they count um from when i started racing and Obviously, it's been several years since then, but leading up to where I am now, um, winning winning has been a driver. But for me, it's always it's always seeing that progress. And I think anytime you make progress, it's really encouraging. And that's always what's what's kept me going is seeing progress when it happens. No matter if I'm with a if I'm with a, a team that 
traditionally has been running uh, mid-pack or if I'm with a team that's, you know, normally been running in the front, um, you have to make the best of, out of every situation, and that's what drives me forward. Awesome. So uh, one of our questions is from a, a fellow resident of Maine. Uh, this lady is a nurse but a, in a uh, – like a uh, – you know, a retirement home. Uh, she asked, as a fellow Maine person that's lived in Maine your whole life, well, born and raised in Maine, what made you want to make it to NASCAR? Um, I look back early on, and I think one of the important – or one of the things that a lot of drivers have in common is the fact that um, maybe from a young age it really interested them. And whether or not whether or not they were racing or not I think is – isn't an important factor. Uh, I, I visited loud in New Hampshire a lot as a kid, uh, just watching the races with my grandparents, uh, the cup races that would, that would go twice a year in the summer and in the fall. And so, uh, you know, by the age of maybe eight or 10 or something like that, probably even earlier, um, watching races with my parents or grandparents on Sunday, picking a favorite driver and, uh, Mark Martin stuck, you know, stood out to me early on. And so I followed him throughout his career. And so I, I think it's a combination of having a favorite driver that you look up to, um, having an opportunity, I guess, to start racing. And, and that's what separates. I mean, there's a lot of kids out there that are fans that would do anything to, to start racing or to, ha- or to have had the opportunity to begin racing and you know, that was the, the separation for me as I finally had an opportunity to go racing at my local short track. Um, and if and if that wouldn't have all come together, I would still be probably a fan, but I would have moved on in life and done something else. Um, but once, you know, once, once you get that first experience behind the wheel, it's hard to stop. Uh, because once again, going back to the other, other point I was making about uh, what, what, what does racing bring out in you? And for me, it brings out, you know, a mix of competition, wanting to get better and better every time you get out there. And uh, and so that's what's pushed me on from being a, a kid racing at a local short track in Maine to leaving, well, I uh, say leaving Maine. And then I, I left Maine and raced uh, uh, up up in different states in New England, including Maine too, but New Hampshire and Vermont on, on the past tour and the ACT tour. Um, had some success. We're really, really consistent. Um, you know, had, had a win, didn't get a bunch of wins, but just we were one of the most consistent teams on, on those tours, especially in the act tour when I was running full time, uh, I ran selective pass races. I never, I never ran a whole season of pass, uh, picked a lot, picked and choose a lot of pass races. But, um, then from there, I'm sure we'll get into it more, but I, I made the jump to North Carolina. Absolutely. Wow. You talk, you're talking about the tracks up in New England and Maine. One of our questions comes from a uh, listener, Robert Jolly, who asked, what is your favorite track in Maine? I would say that the track that I've raced at the most would be Oxford Plain Speedway. Um, I, I, I run my fair share of laps at Spud Speedway. That's where I first started. But um, racing late models or racing, you know, uh, super late models, wh- whether they're uh, crate cars with crate engines or, or uh, super late models that have the bigger engines are a lot of fun. So I never had a lot of opportunities to run at uh, Spud Speedway. I, I won a couple races up there, but um, you know, when I, when I had to move 
up to a bigger class and, and start racing regionally, we spent a lot of time around the Oxford area. Uh, I also kept my car, you know, close to that track. So it was real kind of convenient uh, for us to just go and run and, and run races there, whether they, they were weekly races or um, act races. And I enjoy it because it's, it's not, it's like not a lot of other tracks in the country. Anytime somebody comes from away and tries to race at Oxford, they, they struggle or they say, wow, this is nothing like I've ever raced. This is like no track I've ever raced at before. So it's really, really unique. You have to be patient. You have to um, really work the throttle and be easy on it, save, save your tires. And it's also usually got multiple grooves. So you can race two wide easily and sometimes even three wide. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, I've I mean, never been to Oxford Plains yet. That's on my bucket list. Uh it's on my butt, definitely on my bucket list. And, and you know, I see here um, in, in some of my notes, uh, what's caught me interesting. And in, uh, you raced the second car for RPM Motorsports in 2011. Um, and then you started racing for Brad Keselowski as a development driver in 2012. That's some pretty big jumps from, you know, your regional tour races to national big series competitive teams. How'd that come about, if you can talk about it? So when I raced for RPM, I believe I was coming out of a full season of, of, um, of Actor racing. Um, and that was a big jump up, uh, Brian, having Brian Hoare as a teammate. And uh, cer certainly learned a lot about him and how he, how he approaches getting ready for races and how he approaches the, the races themselves. Uh, and I didn't finish the season. I ended up... Um, finishing the season with my, with, with my car, like, like my, the, the car that I had the, the year before. And so we had some success doing that, finished out the season really strong. I think probably either second or third in points and uh, transitioning in, in the next year. Um, I had met some pretty, pretty cool people. I met a gentleman in Southern Maine and he, he knew, he knew some folks in North Carolina. So um, he was able to make an introduction and, I went down there, met met a few folks, and uh, met met Brad, and 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 so that all came together. Um, uh, even though it's it's been a while ago, <laughs> that all came together fairly quickly. I think I ran a um, a race during the winter time or during springtime, um, somewhere somewhere in the south. I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but the point the point being, it was it was one of my first big opportunities um, outside of New England, and. Um, I guess the the rest the rest is sort of history. Uh, I stayed with Brad for a couple of years and and had some success with him. Worked with Gary Crooks um, as my crew chief over at Crooks Racing, and so had a lot of fun. I, I saw I, I saw many different tracks. I mean, we traveled a lot, um, traveled in the car a lot. So a lot of uh, late nights and and, and uh, arriving back home really early in the morning after a ten hour trip, but. Uh, I, I learned a lot about racing. I raced against some really, really, really good guys. I feel like I was almost, um, I was almost like a, at the end of my generation, like the kids that are coming up, being able to race against uh, veterans, whether, whether it be up in, in New England with, like I said, Brian Hoare and, uh, you know, the, dra uh, the Dragons and uh, Eddie McDonald, like people, people people that have a lot of history and a lot of experience and you know that taught me respect 
uh, down south. I raced against Bubba. I raced against Chase Elliott. I raced against uh, – uh, I don't think I raced against Blaney, but I raced against Nemechek, you know, some of the other kids that were coming up. So we had a good balance of of, uh, of veteran, I guess, experience and respect, and, and uh, it was a great time in my career. A lot of people don't realize that you actually finished third in the Snowball Derby in 2013. Was that the only time you ran that race? I ran that race a couple times. I think I, I ran that race the year before, and we had some issues. I tried running that race a year or two later and didn't even qualify. It goes to show you, you know, you can go from running really good there to, to struggling to make the show. It's extremely, extremely competitive. I mean, a lot of people know about that, uh, about the Snowball Derby. And... Um, that was my last, I think that was one of my last races with, with Keselowski and his development program. And, and so we, came, we, we went out on top um, and we were also sort of a little bit of a sleeper going into that race. I don't think anybody thought we were going to come out and finish third or anything like that. So uh, overall, a good weekend. And I'd, I'd like to run that race again. You know, you know Austin, you're talking about you being a, considered a sleeper back in when you ran the snowball derby in 2013 and, and I can tell you, yeah, you were actually considered a sleeper. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you weren't on anybody's radar for being fast at all. Cause I was at that race um, with some friends and family and, and uh, we, we still don't know that at that time. And I still don't know how to pronounce your last name correctly either. So I do apologize if I butchered <laughs> it in the pre-show. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> But I watched you that race, and you were consistent on the stopwatch, and, and you were fast, and I was impressed. You were very humble, you know, when we got to talk to you all at the races and everything. So um, you you definitely made a lasting impression on a lot of people in this area. Well, thanks for saying that. Um, the, the derby, the derby's generally been good good for us. I, I think I think a lot of people would like to say they came out with a podium finish at that race, um, but it's always a tough weekend. There's always a lot going on and, and, and a lot of pressure you have to you have to work through. The qualifying nerves is, I think, something everybody experiences. You can't uh, can't go there without getting a little nervous before before qualifying. Uh-uh. <laughs> Let, let's talk a little bit about your uh, 2017 ARCA season. You came out champion that year and seven wins, 16 top fives, 19 top 10. That is impressive, Mike. Well, uh, well, thanks for bringing that up. It's, it's one of my favorite years, or one of my best years, both favorite and best years, if you look at, look at my career in general. Um, and that that too came together the last minute. It was a it was a deal that came together, I believe. Well, I'm I'm, I'm sure it was it was during um, during the end of 2016. So, coming out of 2016, I was a little bit down to my luck. Didn't have a whole heck of a lot going on. I had run some Canon races that year for uh, Tory Racing, and we were pretty consistent, uh, but didn't get a win. Um, and so I went over to, uh, trade show over at Indy, the racing trade show and met Ken Schrader there. Um, we sat down for a few minutes and he said, come over to the shop and let's talk about, uh, running, you know, running you for a championship next year at, uh, at Trader racing. And I jumped on that opportunity, uh, put it together, I think before, for the end of the year, and we, we had announced uh, going into 2017 that we were going to ch- be chasing a championship. Um, 
I had no idea that we were going to win seven races. Uh, it would I'm sure in the back of my back of my head, I, I thought, well, that would be nice. But but uh, it didn't think that that was going to happen. There's not not because I didn't believe that we were capable of it. But uh, there's a lot that has to go right for you to. I think I, I don't know that if somewhere between 20, 20 percent and 30 uh, percent uh, winning statistics for the year, which is pretty good. And, and there's so much that can happen to racing, too. You know, you, you have bad luck, you have mechanical issues. And we, we had some of that happen, but we were always able to, to capitalize and, and recover from it. Um, met some amazing folks there that, that worked for Schrader, a really dedicated group of guys and, um, and gals, too, in the office. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that will go down in my, in my – uh, uh, and the book that I'm going to write someday uh, as being, you know, maybe one of the, one of the defining seasons of my career. You, you know, Austin, you brought, let, 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 I just want to bring up your, uh, your arc of career here. Cause um, I was at the, well, it was at your win at the Quinn and you were very impressive. Um, now, I'm going to say that that Jack Bowser throwback car you had at Salem, that was a nice car. <laughs> um, you, you know, so you, you've, you've won some very prestigious ARCA events. And, and you know, you're you, – and I'll write you've accomplished much more than any of us local guys that run Saturday nights have done. And by all means, that's awesome. And how humbled you are really shows just how how nice of a person you are. So I appreciate you being humble and everything. But uh, you know, you definitely got a lot of talent, and I can't wait to see you back. You know, come back racing. And and that leads up to my next question for you, Austin. Is one of our our listeners and a big fan of yours, Suzette McGuire? 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 Yes. McGuire has a couple questions here. Um, what are your plans when NASCAR does go back racing? Are you going to be racing at all? Well, Suzanne's always been a big supporter of mine, and uh, I really appreciate that. I'll tell you, things things were coming together um, after after last year and having that uh, uh, sort of injury that dur- during Talladega, the uh, end of the Talladega race, which slowed me down a little bit, slowed down some of the momentum that I had going out of last year. And uh, going into this year, there's some good, you know, good positive conversations. Um, I felt like things things were coming together, but right now I feel like uh, with, and not uh, not to use it as an excuse, but I think a lot of people um, are a little bit in a in a holding pattern right now with everything that's going on. So when people say when racing gets back, or when people say when things get back to normal, um, I think. I, I, I think we have to realize that um, it's going to be a process and it's, it's going to take a little bit of time. I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about some great companies that I work with uh, now worked with in the past or uh, that I'm going to work with in the future. You know, those com- there's a lot of companies out there that, ha- that are really strong and are going to be around and healthy into the future. But right now they're just kind of taking a deep breath and evaluating everything and making sure that they're, they're smart with where they're investing their money and so I think that might uh, might hurt um, guys like us. I say guys like us, meaning, you know, the drivers that are um, trying to really 
put themselves out there for every single opportunity. And a lot of times the sponsorship uh, that they end up getting is, um, is either multiple, multiple um, races or sometimes even one race for, for one sponsor. And then you have to uh, move on to the next one. I think, I think we're, I think it's going to uh, change things for a little bit. And so, so point being, I'm coming back to answer your question <laughs> is that some of the plans um are a little bit delayed. So I'm going to have to see uh, once everything starts to, to open back up and we start to go racing again. Um, I think that'll be a good time to re-engage a lot of the conversations that were, that, that I was once having before. And uh, hopefully they start coming together. And by the end of the year, maybe sometimes uh, sometime in the, in the summer uh, or early fall that we can, we can get back racing. Okay, or that I can get get back racing. They'll they'll get back racing, but <laughs> but I'm in the process of working it all out. Now she has she has a whole list of questions. <laughs> um, she seems like she's a good fan of yours, and we, we want to make sure we get all her questions in. Uh, she asked, "How is PMG Management Consulting coming along, and how many clients do you now currently represent?" Well, that's uh, only Su- Suzette would br- would bring that up, and I and I appreciate um, I appreciate her talking about that. I started working with PMG uh, middle, well, actually early last year, and um, I always felt like I had a really good understanding of of what it took to be successful behind the wheel and the approach that you have to take mentally and all this other stuff to get prepared, and and I understood the cars really well. Um, because I had to work on them growing up. But the other thing that a lot of people um, sometimes miss, and I'm, I'm being a little bit harsh, and I know there's a lot of drivers that, that excel. I mean, look at Spencer Boyd. We, we all know him, and he excels on the, at the business side. But for a lot of people that are coming in that don't know what it's like to, to be involved with NASCAR or professional racing at a high level, it's like sometimes the business side can seem a little daunting. Um, so, you know, my partner and I um, – decided that we were going to work together with PMG and um, I've been involved with several drivers and, and, and we've enjoyed doing so um, sort of advising them when it comes to how should they approach their career if they're young and they, and they want to have a goal about, um, you know, racing at the cup level or at least moving up the ladder and sort of looking through different, different plans and opportunities and different options that they might have. Uh, to help them stay on that path and stay on that course so that they're not deviating from it and going bouncing around from from series to series or from car to car, from team to team, like a lot of us have uh, in our careers. And, and we always learn from that. And, um, and, and so it becomes a little bit easier to look back and start giving advice because you have, you have experience to pull back from. So I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed working with PMG, um, I, you know, on the ownership side and, and working with some of the drivers. I mean, we, we represent uh, Howie DiSavino. I'm thinking thinking of um, as they come off, Quinn, Quinn Hoff is in the Cup Series. Howie's moving up into the Truck Series. Colby Howard's uh, moved up to the Xfinity Series with Johnny Davis this year. Um, you know, we got we got a legend car driver, Landon Rapp, that we work with. And, you know, a lot of – and others as well that we've worked with in the past. But – just, just, just a good, solid group of drivers, and uh, and you see, you never know, um, you never know what the future is going to bring. But, but kind of summarizing it all up, it's like you don't know what the future is going to bring, but you have to make sure you 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 don't you minimize your mistakes because they're really, really easy to make in this sport. 
And, you know, sometimes it seems like one wrong move can, can ruin somebody's career. And, um, and that's true. And that's true. So you got to be smart about it. You got to, you got to really think about it. And, um, and, uh, you know, shooting from, from your hip as they, as they call it, isn't, uh, isn't always an effective method if you want to get somewhere. Um, so yeah, uh, great, uh, great opportunity for me to keep, keep involved in the sport and, um, be able to mix my understanding of, of, of the driving aspect and the, and the business aspect at the same time. Well, I want to apologize to our listeners if they're listening. Uh, my, some of my crew guys came over and are fired up the race car because uh, Florida has said that we'll be racing within the next two weeks. So um, <laughs> the guys have fired up the little late model and trying to get everything. And I'm like, guys, I'm on the podcast, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to apologize to everybody if they heard in the background. But, uh, you know, we're getting excited down here in Florida because, you know, racing is coming back. And, uh, and I know, Austin, you're the same way, too, because, you know, NASCAR said – and the and the city, the state of Charlotte, and North Carolina all have said, you know, we're going back racing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, NASCAR will be essential businesses starting May eighth. So that's kind of nice to hear. Um, mm-hmm. What yeah? What is the biggest transition you've had going from you know as a driver to a manager, so to speak? Uh, well, I, the one of the transitions is um, that somebody has to go through is. How are they going to, how are they going to navigate um, your career while you're also working with other drivers? I've had that, you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. I've had people bring that up to me, um, and what I would say is, you know, every 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 horse has its day. Um, you know, somebody's not going to be able to drive forever. You look at you look at uh, the career of somebody like Mark Martin who drove in, into his fifties. Well, you know, those days are, are, are coming to an end. And so when I look at, when I look at what I know and, and where I've been and all this other stuff, it's like, well, I could keep it to myself or I could put it, I could put it to good use and work with, you know, some of the other uh, business partners and stuff and help people. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool to be able to still be involved in racing uh, as a driver and be successful and move you know, moving up and having some really cool opportunities and also, uh, and also work with, with some, with some other drivers that are on their way up and know that maybe someday we'll be racing against each other. But at the end of the day, you know, you had a little bit of a, uh, you had a little bit of an effect in making that all come together. And so that's extremely rewarding to me. That is pretty neat to hear. I, I, I well, as I, I never, never even thought of it that way. <laughs> No, me either. So. Yeah, well, it would, it would, I would no. hate for them to beat me, but you know, that's part of that's part of racing. <laughs> Austin, well, let we, me. I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. I, I was just going to ask you. Uh, I noticed something in some of your biographical information talking about how you're a licensed pilot. Where in the world did you find the time between doing all this racing to become a licensed pilot? Well, I, I guess I like I like dipping my toe in a lot of different things. Um, I remember from a young age, I, this, this, this was probably before racing or even, even when I started racing just at a local short track, I, I've been interested in a lot of different things. Aviation is one of them. I was always interested in history and politics as a, as a younger, younger kid. Um, and between, I guess, 16 and 18, I had some time. I was still in high school and I think I just graduated high school. And, um, I think I took my test and, 
sometime in January, maybe of 2012 or 2013. And uh, it, it's, a, it's really an interesting uh, field to get in aviation. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to fly now. That's one thing I will say. I, I, I don't even remember the last time I flew. It's been so long. Uh, I don't personally have a plane, so either I have to rent one or, or let somebody lets me borrow theirs. And I'll just fly uh, a little one, you know, Cessna 182 or 172 and uh, ha- have fun doing so. Uh, I actually used to travel between Fort Kent, Maine, which is where I grew up, and Southern Maine, which is where, where a lot of the races were and where my car was. I had an older gentleman and his wife that let me uh, use their plane. So I would, I would, I would take a five-and-a-half-hour trip by vehicle and make it, in, make it in a little over two-and-a-half hours without having to stop for fuel and uh and see some pretty pretty cool um uh scenery along the way um, mount katahdin which is the biggest mountain in maine i would always i'd always fly uh, past or through there and see the you know uh tops of the of the mountains during during spring and fall when when it was snowing up there and uh it's a beautiful country it makes you it makes you realize that uh, when people say that we're overpopulated and then they get up there at 4,000 feet and look at some of these parts of the country where all there is is trees, and then I say, hey, you know, maybe if we spread out a little bit more, we'd be okay. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I, I agree with that one. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue either. Um, yeah. you, you know, Austin, uh, sitting here talking with you and, and you know, getting to getting to know you a little more, and I, I kind of followed your career when you were with Brad Keselowski in the trucks and was impressed at how well you ran and was kind of upset that, you know, Brad kind of shut down his organization. Um, but I understand as a business owner, I respect that. But I just realized that you're really still young. You're 26, 27 at most. Uh, so, and, and you've accomplished so much and, and so young. I, I really, really am, am impressed. Well, that, that's a that's one of the things that I'm I'm a little bit more excited about because I see where the I see the direction of maybe where things are going. So, you remember the days when Kyle Busch and and Logano came on the scene at 18, and if you know the the, the saying was if you're not in Cup by 18, you might as well pack up and go home because it's not going to happen. And I think uh, I think we're seeing that that's not the case anymore. So that that lends itself to two things. One of them is that maybe a driver doesn't feel like he has to leave home at 16 and become a NASCAR driver by 18. And so I, I'm hoping that uh, some of these younger kids can can race in the lower series, whether it's whether it's uh, you know Canon or trucks or even below them and the, at the local developmental uh, level late models. Build some fan base up before you're before you just go and start racing Cup. Um, I, I'm hoping we get there. In the meantime, I think you have to take a little bit of a hybrid approach. You have to you have to get there, get to the national level as soon as possible. You don't want to waste time. But I think we're headed in the direct in the direction, especially with team owners um, that are looking more and more at experience and maturity over youth and inexperience, and maybe um, somebody that can go a little bit faster because they don't have any fear. Uh, you know that used to work, but we're headed in the direction of the veterans having the, the older guys and the veterans having just as much success people coming into their, into their own when they're in their thirties. I think that's, that's pretty safe to say, uh, you know, judging by Harvick and um, you know, some of these other guys that they seem to get better. The more that the more experience they have Truex and Logano's uh, gotten better. He's still, I think either in his late twenties or, or early thirties, 
But the point being, um, the sport's changing, and it's it's kind of good to see. Uh, it, it's good to see we're headed in that direction. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. You've had uh, over your career. I know you've had a couple of major injuries. What is it like to have to come back from the, these injuries that you've had and rehab and get back on the track? What is the mindset that you have to take? You know, coming when you get back in that car. Well, I tell you, um, some injuries are easier to get back from than others. I, I've had the the joy of having injuries that um, you know take a little bit longer. Whether it's what happened in 2015. Uh, with a back injury or last year with, with concussion type, type of um, injuries. And it's, a, it's just a process. It's, I don't want to compare myself to a, a football player or uh, anybody else like with a, with a, with a contact sport, but um, you know, it, it takes time and I feel like I have a little bit of experience and, and know how to do it correctly. Uh, I'm, I'm using this time right now, I guess that's one of the positives uh, through this, through the negative situation we're in right now with the shutdown and, you know, people, people really being affected by it is, you know, it's giving me actually a little bit more time to get everything situated myself personally, health wise. So, um, you know, try, trying it, trying to, uh, I guess, use that time effectively and as efficient as possible is really important. Um, But anybody that tells you that, that having an injury doesn't, you know, affect their career, I guess, is probably lying or in denial. Um, I think it has affected my career, but, you know, I may not have gone back to win an ARCA championship if, if, I, if I hadn't been injured. Um, it would have been nice to keep racing at the, you know, at the, at the NASCAR truck level or moved up qu- quicker and started doing some of that stuff. But, hey, uh, I'll, take, I'll take some of the adversity over not – not having had the opportunity to race at all. I think that's the way you got to look at it. I like the way you let you put that. I mean, that's a great outlook to have. It is. That's a, I, I can't, I, I was trying to come up with words for that one. Austin, uh, what is some <laughs> of your most favorite, favorite memories of racing so far? Well, I, I think there's some, there's memories of the event and there's also lessons from, from, from it so i'll i'll talk about maybe the one that's coming to mind right now and and there's sure there's surely a lot of others but you talked about perseverance i think at the the beginning of the show or we talked about that and we talked about being committed to something and seeing seeing the progress and, and and things get better i was um i was racing at salem i think the second race of the year in one of schrader's cars and we had uh, we had had some success. I'd have to look back. It it feels like it's been well, it's been a long time, but it's only been a few years. But uh, look at what exactly had happened before we visited Salem for the second race of the year. I think we had maybe won, or the momentum was on our side. But one of the one of the things that I know, and I've always been like this personally, is that uh, you can be you can be at the top, but you got to keep working. You got if. If you're winning races and you think that you can just sit back and, and not do anything or not try to get better, you're going to get beat. And and uh, and so it's a constant process. We had worked until I think three or four in the morning, uh, getting ready, getting the car ready for Salem. And I was I was uh, you know 
side by side with with the guys. I was working with Donnie on setup, um, setting up the car, and we had just overhauled, I think, the front end, the front suspension of the car, trying something different because we felt like, well, the last time we were there, we weren't as good as we could have been, and so we had learned some things going in, going in to um, to Salem, and my, I just told them, I said, look, we can we can be conservative, and we could just take what we ran there before, or we can try something, we can try something because. Um, if we want to, if we want to have a chance to win the race, we have to do it, you know, going, going there and finishing fifth is going to, is going to be fine. But if we want to win the championship, you know, we have to, we have to outperform the, the 77 car, which is who we were, we were really tightened points with. We have to try to outperform him and we have to win, we have to win this race. And so, uh, I guess looking back and, and realizing that everybody was not sleeping, we were working, we were working late at night trying to get ready, um, uh, have a couple hours of sleep, get back to the shop, um, and leave for Salem in a van <laughs> for, for what, eight or nine hours. And, uh, you know, end up, I think, qualifying really good and, and winning the race. Um, you know, those are the moments that I think we all race for. That's what makes, that's what makes racing, um, really, really cool in my book because it teaches you so many life lessons as well. Like that, Hey, you know what? Your hard work is not always going to pay off, but when it does, it feels really good. Interesting. I, I'm sitting here digesting that because that's a, there's a lot of truth in that. And Austin, I'm going to say you, right. you 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 touched a core there with me, and so that was why I took a couple of seconds to kind of gather it all in. And you know, Austin, uh, you have so many partners that you've worked with sponsor wise. How how have these relationships built coming into it? And one of them that we know you had a relationship with is, you know, a friend of the show and sponsor of our show, uh, Rich Mar Florist and, and Jonathan Morrissey. How has that, you know, still flourished? Or um, how was that first race together as well? Yeah, so you, you touched on a good point. So as a race car driver, you get to work with people that you build, you keep building relationships with. And over the years, I'm thinking that other than uh, other than sponsorship, um, sometimes it seems like uh, having a mix between sponsors that'll support you and relationships and friendships that you make um, along the way. Those three are going to open up doors. And so I've, I've met some really good companies I worked with over the years. Um, and last year, you know, working with with uh, Rich Mar Flores and stuff, it, it was really awesome because you don't, you don't know that these individuals going into your opportunity, like, you know, these are sponsors of, of the team that you're with and that you're racing for, but you, uh, you know, you, you, you try to boost, you try to lift them up and they lift you up in, in the process. And it's kind of like you help each other. And it's, uh, it's really cool to work with some different companies. Had, I worked with Bangor Savings Bank last year. Um, they're, they're a New England company and, I've been repre- I've been supported by a lot of New England companies, and I've it's been humbling to highlight them too at a national level. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a pretty rewarding experience, I guess. It, it has its challenges. I mean, sometimes it's overwhelming. You have you have to figure out, okay, how am I going to rep- How am I going to um, make sure that the sponsor's happy? Make sure your your team's happy. Make sure that everybody else is happy. Make sure your fans are happy. But, um, but I, but I think if you can balance it, you're going to be successful. 
And, uh, and so that's, that's important for every young driver to realize that they can't just focus on one and let the other slip because you have to be able to manage everything if you're going to be successful. Yeah, you were talking about how you're keeping in contact and in the, you know, still working with these sponsors during this off time. And I mean, I know there's going to be a lot, like you were talking about, a lot of sponsors that are financially the smaller sponsors might not be able to pick right back up where they left off. But is it important, even if they can't jump right back on, the, say, your car or your truck, to stay in contact with these people and, and build that relationship? So maybe in the future they'll jump back on board. Yeah, that's, that's really important. It's like, you know, every once in a while, somebody just needs a break. Somebody, somebody needs a few minutes to get back up off their feet or off the ground onto their feet after some, after something that nobody expected to happen happens. And, and, and so whether you're a small business or a medium sized business, even a large business, I think, I think all of us are, are, are just going to take a deep breath, take the time that we need in order to get re, re acclimated and re, uh, you know, get everything situated back to where things were before this all happened. And, uh, you know, don't forget your sponsors. Don't forget the people that got you there. Give them a second if they need it. Um, and and this is just the feeling I have that I don't know how long the process is going to take. And we may, we may lose some sponsors along the way. Uh, I know we're going to gain some in the long run because I, I do feel like people eventually are going to, are going to get, be stronger than we even – uh, sp- stronger than we were going into it. You know, we don't know how long that's going to take, but it always seems to happen that uh, everything gets better and better and better, and it's just a matter of time. So we just have to stick through it and and take the pain while we can, knowing that on the other side that things are gonna things are gonna get better eventually. That's that that's that is so true. Uh, Austin, and correct me if I'm wrong here. My memory serves me correctly, and I hope Jonathan's does too. Um, at Homestead, you honored, uh, if we're correct here, a Sergeant Mills, an American hero who lost uh, his limbs in the Middle East. Um, how was that for you, if that is something my memory and his memory is correct? Yeah, your memory is correct. Uh, that that really – spending time with a quadruple amputee uh, that served, served their country uh, puts things in perspective, really does, and – Travis, uh, Travis's foundation is now located in Maine. Um, and he, cho- he chose that cause it's a beautiful part of the country and he has family from there. But point being that he still, he's, he, he gave up a lot for the country. Right. And he's still giving, giving up his time. Um, he's got a nonprofit, Tra- the Travis Mills foundation. He's a public speaker. He's a motivational speaker. He motivates people. Uh, you know, he, 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 he gives them the idea of, um, that they can push, push through whatever they're going through and come out on the other side stronger, whether, you know, whether it has anything to do with military or whether you've never served in the military, he's really inspirational. So I'm glad we were able to highlight him and, um, you know, the, the partners that came to the partnerships that had to come together to, to be able to give the Travis Mills foundation that opportunity, having Bangor savings bank, uh, as a major supporter, uh, allowed us to to highlight the Travis Mills Foundation, and so it was it was really awesome. We have a lot of pictures and stuff like that. But like Travis, um, Travis got introduced to the crowd, and you know his car was out there on the racetrack. And even though you know it wasn't it wasn't competitive per se, and we weren't running up front, I think I think that's just being able to highlight um, 
a person like that in, in an organization, a nonprofit like that in front of those, t- that amount of people and on live TV and, um, and then just the face to face time with, with somebody like that, I think is really, really, uh, gives you, what's, what's the word? It puts a little bit of kick in your step. Like, you know, you leave there saying that, um, nothing's going to hold me down and I can overcome it. And, and Travis, Travis does that for you. That's awesome. I'm I'm so great, really so grateful that you were able to do that because I, I knew a little bit about Travis's story, uh, and I just couldn't remember if it was Homestead and you, uh, and you know <laughs> that you got so there's so much knowledge up here in my head with stuff, and it's so hard to keep all the everything little details. But um, I was pretty sure when Jonathan said it, you know, he just said it to me, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm right. But um, Jonathan, you know, is looking forward to talking with you, too, as well. And, you know, I know you guys are going to build a relationship as well, continuing forward. But um, Austin, I, is there anywhere where people can support your racing efforts, like uh, purchase maybe uh, shirts and, and memorabilia for you? Well, you know, one of the things we did last year, which um, which is obviously on hold for now, but – I got I got a surprising amount of people that took part in it. it was uh, at my at my Cup Series debut at Loudon. We ended up uh, selling um, sort of fan sponsorships. People people had the opportunity to get on the car for for you know a few bucks and and that went really well. But I would say that um, uh, social media is is I guess an awesome opportunity to, to keep up with any driver. I mean, in some ways, it's better even than a website. A website. Website's good to have, but social media is where you go if you want to keep updated and stuff. So people, people can follow along with you know a lot of other NASCAR drivers. But if they want to follow me, um, every everything on social is pretty much my name. So if you search Austin Terrio, something's going to come up: uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I have a website, AustinTerrio.com, uh, which we update you know from time to time. It's got more general stuff. But if somebody if if somebody's interested in any sort of apparel that we might have. Um, from last year, um, I think we have some shirts left over from um, running um, running the Bangor Savings Bank car. I think we have some other we have some other stuff on there. Maybe some even even some older diecast. It's on my website, Austin Terrio, and then navigate up to the store and you can see that. Um, and then I'm going to be doing some more some giveaways. I have a, a few a few of the the 164 um, Bangor Savings Bank diecast that are not for sale right now but I'm doing some giveaways on social. So if you want, if you're interested in that, follow, uh, follow my, my Facebook, my Twitter and my Instagram pages for updates on those giveaways. Eventually we might put them for sale. Um, I even thought about putting some of them for sale so that we can uh, give, give that money back to charity, you know, some, some nonprofits that are doing the, uh, uh, supporting like local food kitchens and stuff like that. People that are having issues with, with, with getting access to food. So yeah, the, um, uh, I would appreciate anybody that wants to follow along and um, and 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 would love for you guys to to start uh, getting on the Austin Terrier racing bandwagon. <laughs> well, you made me a fan. My family is military. Um, you you made me a fan. So is ours. You made me a fan just with that Sergeant Mills. And you know, the first time we talked on the phone, I could tell you were a little bit nervous, and you didn't know how to take us. And you know, we're sitting here talking now, and. Uh, you're just talking to us like, you know, we're sitting at the racetrack having a cold beverage, whatever it may be, bottle of water, Gatorade, whatever we drink. 
you know, and, and I appreciate that. But and definitely I've seen the diecast you put up on, on Twitter for giveaways and those are cool. I, I, I definitely would not not hesitate to purchase one once they go on sale because diecast are kind of my thing and you know we I, I, that's me um now i do want to ask you something personal here hopefully it's okay uh what do you think of iRacing and the playstation 4 nascar heat for stuff going on what do you think of that well i've started getting involved I, I i held off a little bit at first because i didn't this is just me being me being who i am i i'm always sort of watching what's going on and I think that uh, when 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 a lot of the state government started to shut things down and co- companies were were closing and and people were losing their job, I I I, I just didn't want to get on there and and um, downplay how people were being affected by this and pretend like everything was all happy and and stuff like that. Uh, now that things kind of settled down a little bit, uh, I I have an iRacing subscription. Um, I'm doing some more races and I'm, I'm putting them out there uh, in public and, and, and promoting them. I've, I've, I've actually run a couple races. Um, I think trucks, we've done an Xfinity race, did a truck, uh, did a truck race at Texas. Yeah. Texas this week. And, uh, didn't ended up wrecking out and not finishing, but I ran with, I ran with the, um, one of my local food, uh, food kitchens, or at least provider of, um, of food for, for people that need assistance right now in, in the County that I'm originally from in Maine. So, uh, I had feed the County.com on there and highlighting, you know, all the work that they're doing. And there's some other, non- a lot of other nonprofits in Maine and New Hampshire that I'm aware of. And, and there's more even around the country, but if I was going to be on iRacing, I wanted to make sure that, um, I was doing as much as I possibly could to, to raise money for the, for the nonprofit stuff. And I'm going to keep doing that. Um, obviously there's some other, you know, sponsors and stuff that I'm still involved with that we're, we're going to have involved, but I like, I like seeing how it's maybe bringing some new fans and in, in, into the sport, um, you know, through the, through I racing or so at least keeping people passionate, giving people uh, something to do during, during the t- these times, especially sometimes it seems like it's bored and there's not a lot of options to on TV other than maybe uh, starting a new series on Netflix or anything, but <laughs> people are craving, people are craving to get back to sports and get back to watching sports on TV. And, and, and obviously at some point uh, live, but until then, I think that these forms are, are the best that we have. Yeah, you're right. I, I think you're right. Austin, now, do you play on PlayStation 4 at all with NASCAR Heat 4? I, I don't. Um, I, I, I don't have a PlayStation anymore. I have an older PlayStation. Those are back in my, uh, in my earlier days. You know, you wait till you guys get to be my age and, and you'll, you'll realize what I'm saying. But uh, <laughs> wait, what? I try to keep I try to keep it. I try to I try to just keep uh, keep on iRacing. And I, I do notice what goes on on PlayStation 4. Um, there's a, you know, there's, there's a really a lot of development there and it's getting a lot of attention, you know, the series that they run, whether it's Na- whether it's NASCAR and, uh, and how they're promoting it or how you guys are promoting and stuff like that. But, um, if I'm going to be good at something, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with iRacing, but I do watch the races and, and keep up with who's winning and who's losing. Um, and it's, it's great to see, it's great to see everybody get that promotion. Because you know a lot of those guys are never going to be able to sit in a seat uh, in a, in a race car seat, but 
if they can highlight if they can highlight their talent online and you know get promotions and get sponsorships to me um they're sort of leading the way that's how things are going to be in the future you're going to have uh you're going to have live sports and then you're going to have esports and you know uh not everybody's going to be interested in live sports not everybody's going to be interested in in esports but i think you have some overlap and then um it's just going to be a esports is going to be a, something that keeps growing and and this this what we're we're involved with right now with the shutdown is going to speed up that process people people i think people are going to be more more ser- take take it more seriously and be more serious about it but um but at the same time there's going to be people that that just stick with live sports and and they're the ones that are super anxious to get to get back um get back in the grandstands to watch a game or to watch a race i'm uh, you're right i think you're <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. uh, When you first started talking about that, you hit it on the head. There are going to be some kids that come out of this that, you know, they play video games and they got to watching these iRaces that now Fox and FS1 are showing. And when this is all over and we go back racing, they're going to be saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, can we go to Daytona? Can we go to Atlanta or whatever their local track may be and see a race for real and see what it's really like? And that's going to be good for the sport. Yeah. And uh, and also – I mean, th- this may or may not happen, but it could be a theory, I guess, would be uh, you have you say you have an eight year old kid or something. I know, I know you may have to be a certain age to get an account, but I mean, pe- pe- people do what they have to do. Um, you, you get you get on and start racing and you, you have fun and you're able to connect with drivers from different parts of the country. And, and maybe you start racing at your local short track. Maybe you go out and support your local short track, whether you're a fan or whether you eventually become a driver. And, uh, and, and we need that right now. I mean, I think if short tracks are going to survive, we, we need, we need some more kids that are interested in racing and want and want to get involved. And so that, that may start a whole, you know, this may start a whole new generation of, of drivers that, um, you know, realize that they're, they're pretty good at racing on iRacing and they want to, they want to try the real thing. And, um, they may carry the sport, you know, for the next 50 years, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I can't argue with that. You're definitely right. And, and Austin, I'm looking at the car you you're talking about that truck, that beautiful 32 truck, um, with feedthecounty.com. That thing is fantastic. It is downright beautiful. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I, I actually kind of like the color scheme. Uh, that's pretty nice. You got you know Catholic cherries on there, and that, that's a good. My heart is into this, and, and I want to thank you you know, from all of us guys that you, you know, can do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one that's doing it, but, uh, I'm, I, I take, I, I take that stuff pretty seriously, just like, just like you do. And I know that there's a lot of other people that are, that are trying to, to raise money or trying to raise some awareness for what's going on out there. It's like, um, yeah, we do what we can. And, and anytime somebody says that they can't affect, um, what goes on like other than what they're doing and and I, I, all i say is that there are so many opportunities out there uh to get involved with local uh organizations and and charities and you know getting involved locally and helping these small organizations they're the ones that they're the ones that feed us they're the ones that make sure that people are, are taken care of and uh you know let's what my point being is that every 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 dollar counts and 
every supporter of an organization makes a difference. And, uh, and so, so it's really important to highlight, to highlight their work. Yes, it is. You're absolutely right. And, you know, you got to also make sure we thank the farmers because without them, none of us have food too. And, you know, it's just tremendous how much this country has done a 180 from, putting football and baseball and basketball pairs high up on a pedestal to putting, you know, the average everyday Joe Schmo, as is they're called, you know, putting them where they belong, the doctors, the nurses, the farmers, the truck drivers, putting them up where they belong to keep this country running. Yeah. I, I, um, I saw something the other day and they said, you know, these people should, these people should be getting bone, you know, bonus pay or they should be getting some sort of compensation because of what they're doing. And, I mean, whether, you can argue who who does that compensation have to come from? That's a whole separate argument. But the point the point is that these these truck drivers and the, you know farmers and people at the grocery stores and essential businesses, um, they they're you know they're out there making sure that the world still turns. And at the end of the day, um, putting <laughs> when you when you when you really put it simply. Um, there are certain businesses that I guess that are probably more important as far as, as far as uh, making sure that we have everything we need, but you know, it takes everybody working together to make it all, to make it all happen. And we have to thank we have to thank those men and women that are, um, especially on the front lines of this. Absolutely. Because without them, uh, we wouldn't yeah, be God here. Knows how many of us would have <laughs> actually got sick, you know, but yeah, know, Austin. Uh, how many do you have? Any sponsors you want to give a shout out to for you know what you have going on? Any of your drivers you want to give a little shout out to and say hi to? Well, there's 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 so many people. Um, there's so many people. I was thinking back to some of the stories I was telling you at the beginning, and I didn't name names because, um, well, a lot of the people that I met over the years. Um, <clears throat> Help me, help me to a point where they did it. They did it because they wanted to, and they did it because they had the the the, the capability to, and they didn't necessarily want the recognition for it. Um, I met a lot of people that have he opened up doors for me, sponsored me, and that um, basically liked the fact that they were in the background and, and nobody knew that they were doing it. So. Uh, really kudos to them. And then, you know, some of the, some of the other organizations that we work with today um, at, you know, sponsorship level that, that have stayed with me uh, over the years and, and um, Bangor Savings Bank is, is one of the new sponsors that we brought in last year and had an amazing, amazing time at their first race uh, at Loudoun, New Hampshire. And they decided to expand their sponsorship uh, all the way to the end of the year. And so, you know, I, I, though though I'd like to to name every every single person um, for what they've done for me and the opportunities that they've given me. Um, you know, tomorrow's another day, and next year's another year, and, and next race is 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 uh, you know every day's a new day, and so I'm excited about what the future is going to bring. I think more importantly, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. I I, I think. I think I had an awesome time, and I hope I hope everybody that's listening did too. Oh, you know, Austin, I, I'm going to say as a North, northerner myself, now who resides in Florida, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Um, 
as a small time racer who races basically out of my pocket, um, you know, I, I, I got a big respect for you now. And, uh, when we go back racing and you're racing and even if you're not racing, I hope, you know, I we can get to a racetrack that's close to us. You know, I hope I can actually sit down and, and enjoy a nice cold, uh, beverage, whatever, you know, it is. And I don't drink that much, but you know, I'll definitely have a Gatorade or a water with you and, and, and share some good racing stories. Well, I, I would enjoy that too. And in the, in the meantime, uh, I think it's, <laughs> I don't have to remind everybody, they see it every day, but I j- hope everybody uh, stays healthy and, and um, stays strong through, through what we're going through the process that we're going through as, as things hopefully return to normal and people come out of the shadows and come out of their houses <laughs> and, and get back into normal <laughs> life. Um, I'm thinking of everybody and, and uh, once again, I, I, I think we'll be stronger. We'll be stronger eventually than we, than we were when we went into this whole situation. Yes, I agree. I, to- I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with us. And uh, maybe down the road, we can get you back on here when, you, when everything gets up and going and uh, talk some more. Well, thanks. No problem. I enjoyed it once again. And you guys be safe. Um, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Austin. You too, Austin. Scott, that was a very, very interesting show. Yeah, he's just very humble. I, I, I wasn't sure what to take, and you know, our, our first, our I, first I wasn't either. Big name driver, you know, an ARCA champion. Our first champion. You know, I wasn't sure yeah. how to take him and and talk to him because at first, you know, I did think he was shy when we first talked to him about getting him on and and going over some things, but. And this show, he really, really showed that he's he's more more like a Spencer he's, than we thought. Uh, he's very humble. He, he's more he, he he's more than just the driver, the driver rep representative, driver manager. He's got a lot of depth to him, and it was really interesting talking to him about some of the stuff even outside of racing, like him being a pilot and, and other stuff, and learning so much about Austin. It was. It was actually a, a very yeah, fun I podcast. Him and, you know, <laughs> guys, listen, men, you guys that are out there listening to us, if you're a race car f- fanatic, if you're, you know, only like NASCAR trucks, whatever you guys like, uh, this, this gentleman, Austin, uh, Thorold is, is probably the most rounded person you guys can meet other than our good buddy, Spencer, which we all know is, you know, just as humbled. Um, Guys, go find him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you can. You know, yeah, go go buy whatever he's got for sale, if, shirts, whatever. Support you this young to, man. We're not going to tell you. We can't tell you to do that. But if you guys want to support this guy, I know I'm gonna. Uh, hopefully, he's got some big guy sizes because uh, I'll definitely support him. Uh, you know, if I have to, I'll just buy a diecast. That's okay too. Um, but. He is definitely very humble. And, you know, Bill, we had some big stuff going on this week. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of huge announcement, a big announcement last night for us with, you know, the pro racing online league uh, for PlayStation 4, you know, announcing that we're Backyard Racing Nation is now a lifetime partner with them. Uh, So that was big. Remind our. Remind our listeners when they can tune in to see those races from uh, you know, this that Sunday. League. They have the Trucks in the Cup series. Uh, it'll be on YouTube. We'll share the link for everybody on our 
our our social media, our Facebook and Instagram pages, and our YouTube, uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter. We don't have an Instagram oh, I, yet. You know what? I thought you both told me we did. <laughs> hey, there's a blooper. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, next week uh, we got some Northeast modified drivers uh, coming on a father and son team, Sam and Sammy March Jr. They drive. Uh, the father drives a big block modified in the Northeast, uh, in, in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware area. His son drives a crate modified in the same area. A great group of guys. Know them very for a long time, so I'm looking forward to talk, sitting down and chatting with them next week. And you know, Bill, you don't know much about Northeast Modifieds and Modified so not <laughs> at all. I'm gonna have to do some uh YouTube but, watching uh, this week. You know, this, this, and guys, if you listen to our podcast this Sunday, I'll actually be in the booth with the, the Pro Racing League guys, uh, Pro Racing Premier Online League. You know, I'm gonna be there with them. Uh, in the booth, we'll, I'll share that link, and you'll get to hear my voice. But I also want you all to know, uh, you're going to see my driving skills on a game uh, two weeks from Sunday. Well, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday after we do our show with the Sammy, Sammy and Sam guy, Mark's family. Uh, I'm actually going to pilot one of the trucks at Talladega on PlayStation 4. Uh, should be interesting. Should be interesting for me. Awesome. But uh, stay tuned for that. Just you know, and I'll give, and then when we have our show after that, I'll give you my uh, intake on it. <laughs> but for sure. But before we get out of here, you know, we, we've started ending the shows this way. Uh, we want to thank all of the first responders, the nurses, the doctors, uh, the grocery store workers, the truckers, the farmers. Without y'all, you know, that this this whole time would have been a lot worse for everybody. And uh, we here we here at uh, Backyard Racing Nation, we we just tip our hats to you, to all of you because you're doing a yes, wonderful job. Absolutely, out there. and you know, Bill, I can't say anything more to that other than, guys, if you're out there, don't do dumb stuff. Don't overload these people that are first responders, EMTs, nurses at the ER anywhere. Listen, disinfectant is not supposed to go in your body. Hot. Tipods are not, not at all. Your body. <laughs> Any kind of cleaning chemical is for cleaning, not for putting it down your body. Soap. Absolutely. I know I had my mouth washed out with soap. It doesn't taste great, but don't do it. <laughs> no. Don't go swallow the bar yeah, of soap. Please now. don't. You know, <laughs> use, use common sense, folks. You know, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Uh, absolutely. If you, if you're not feeling good, wear a mask. It, it does wear a mask if you go out in the public. Wear a mask. If you guys can get one, uh, absolutely. Remember that not everybody has that great immune system that maybe yes, you have. You so, know, my mother is stepped up, stepped up, very, very high risk. She has MS. She's caught this virus. Thank God she recovered. You know, Bill, your mom, who look is a mom like to me, she's very susceptible. Please, guys. I'm high risk too. I have diabetes. Guys, please, if you're not feeling good, do me a favor. Put a call a neighbor. Say, hey, yes. can you run to the store? Yes. I'm out of milk. Just don't get in your car yes. and go yourself. Please, if you don't feel good, stay your butts home. But if you desperately have to, uh, make absolutely. sure you're wearing a mask, mask, you know, some gloves, some gloves, anything. anything. Protect, don't breathe that stuff out, guys, because the longer we keep doing dumb stuff the longer we're not going to be able to do anything and you know this is just is something that shouldn't 
it's, it's common sense. It absolutely is. Well, Scott, I'm looking forward to next week and learning a lot about these modified cars. And, <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm going to do some YouTube research, watch some races that way um, th- this week. And uh, until we, we talk again next Saturday, man, it's been a ball it's as it always ball, is. You know what, Bill? Racing is right around the corner. The, the tu- that tunnel has it, gone it really from is. about two inches long that we looked about two weeks ago to it's about a mile wide now and it's, it's getting bigger. The, the it's wide enough to put three haulers in right. side three by side. Three haulers, but you know, to our racing family and friends that are in the NASCAR world, please guys be safe as well. We love y'all, and, and we'll soon we seeing y'all soon enough. And to all our friends and family out there, we send our love and appreciation. And you know, guy Bill, I send my prayers up to you, my friend. You're you're in Georgia. We're doing our social distancing about 900 miles. Uh, <laughs> to where you're at, <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're much I above the guidelines. Too, but, so. <laughs> you know, once we all can get together, Bill and I, you know, we have discussed we're going to do a live show. You know, so <laughs> yeah, we're, we sit down together where we're we're not having to Social be distancing. You know, in, in different states, that that'll be it fun. Be. That'll be fun. Bill, we'll see you next all week. Right.